Hello. This podcast is sponsored by aboutmeditation.com and our free How to Meditate mini course. Learn meditation in five easy lessons at aboutmeditation.com. Welcome to the One Mind Podcast from aboutmeditation.com. My name's Morgan Dix and I'm your host. On One Mind, we explore different angles on meditation, mindfulness, and health. We interview experts and everyday practitioners to bring you the stories, the science, and the exploration that will help you understand why this ancient practice is more relevant and important today than ever before. Hi everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the One Mind Podcast. I'm Morgan Dix and I'm so glad you tuned in. So today is going to be just me. It's one of these in-between episodes. And I wanted to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I want to talk about silence. And we're going to just jump right in. Today's podcast is really a meditation on silence. We're going to start by setting a little context for the exploration. We're going to talk just generally about silence. And then we're going to move into five short chapters each sharing a distinct lesson I learned from silence. Chapter one, silence will transform you. Chapter two, the secret power of not talking. Chapter three, gravity accumulates in silence. Chapter four, silence is all around you. And finally, chapter five, silence is a bridge between the inner and the outer. So I always love this quote from Marcus Tullius Cicero, who says, silence is one of the great arts of conversation. But what is silence? That's the question we're going to explore today. You see, I've been chasing silence since I was 20 years old. But what is it exactly? Is it, as your mind might be assuming right now, just the absence of noise? Because isn't that usually when we think about silence, that's the first thing we think about? Or is it the presence of something other than sound? Or is it the echo of the empty, desolate void of space? What is it? So I think the answer is much more complex than any of those. For me, silence is dynamic. Just like you've probably heard how the Eskimos have a hundred words for snow. I think it's like that with silence too. There are a hundred, maybe a thousand different qualities, colors, and moods to silence. One aspect of meditation is that you become more sensitive to the subtle and ever-changing nuances of silence. You find that a certain part of you awakens and expands in silence, kind of like I think of a dry sponge when you put it in water, or like a closed flower petal that opens 
when the first morning sun touches it. In that sense, I think of silence almost like it's its own distinct medium. Like a dolphin in water, there's just a part of us that soars and comes to life in the depths of silence. But I am getting a little bit ahead of myself. So what about silence itself? Let's pause for a moment and take a little trip through our imagination and visit just a few of the different varieties of silence. So when you think about it, silence is everywhere, but mostly we're oblivious to it. So there was the first silence when the universe erupted and exploded into being from nothing. It happened in space where sound doesn't carry. It was all a dazzling light, but that unimaginable energy explosion was perfectly silent. And when suns and stars explode, it's silent. It's mind-boggling. It, to me, like, if you can let that in and think about it, think about like the outrageous nature of the energy and the collisions of matter and the explosions, the atomic scale of those ex explosions. Like, you know, they defy imagination, really. Those are going on when stars explode, when stars are born, when planets dissolve. And it's perfectly silent. It's incongruous. It's hard for us to get our minds around that. But that silence that contains those explosions, that silence fills the universe. So I think of that as the first silence, and I think of it as infinite. And then our little envelope of biosphere that surrounds the earth, the thin envelope that makes life possible it's tiny, it's tiny, but that's where all the noise is. And relative to the great silence that we've been talking about it, it's infinitesimal, it's just imperceptibly small. And then there's the silence of the deep ocean below us. There's the silence that settles over the land when the sun has just set after a long day, it's all hush and it begs for your attention. That type of silence at that time of day, it's almost hypnotic. And there's the silence in unity when you make love with your partner and the distance, that human distance collapses and your two souls begin to settle and resolve briefly in that moment into a single wholeness or as close to that as we'll get. It's the silence, I think of that as the silence of just complete intimacy with another. Just there's no space, it's total intimacy. And there's the silence that we experience in deep meditation. I think of that as an almost deeper intimacy because that silence 
it's not just about two people. It includes everything. It's perfect wholeness and intimacy with the cosmos, but also intimacy with myself and those things, intimacy with myself and intimacy with the cosmos being really one and the same. And then there's the punctuated silence that's fleeting. It's the layer of silence that lies between every sound and gesture. It's always present, but our minds are rarely tuned into it. But it's there. It's like the little seedling sprouting through the concrete in the city. If you listen for it, you'll start to hear it through the din of the city activity. You'll start to hear it through the din of the noise in your own mind that for most of us is what distracts us for most of our lives. Not just the noise around us, it tends to be the noise inside of us that we're distracted by and that often keeps us from hearing the silence that's all around us. So we just took that little tour. It's just to give you a sense of the different shades of silence. Obviously, there's so many more. I'm sure you could come up with 10 right away. So here's my question I want to pose to you. Do you pay attention to silence? Have you ever noticed that silence is all around you all the time? So I believe silence, it's one of our most undervalued natural resources. And it's more or less inexhaustible. And I don't just mean that figuratively. Recently, I was writing an article about silence and I was doing some research and I was surprised to stumble upon this article that was all about how the country of Finland exports silence as part of its national brand. So there's this article called This Is Your Brain on Silence. Daniel Gross described how the nation of Finland developed a branding report that basically included silence as one of its natural resources. And as the report explained, modern society often seems intolerably loud and busy. Quote, silence is a resource, it said. It could be marketed just like clean water or wild mushrooms. Quote, in the future, people will be prepared to pay for the experience of silence. And I think he's right. I would not be surprised for all the reasons we've been hinting at. I think there's something more to silence than we give credit to. It's more part of us than I think we understand. And when we deprive ourselves of silence, that takes a toll on our health, our, our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health. Back to the research, I found it surprising that there is actually very little research into the effects of silence on our brains and our health. There's, of course, tons of research on meditation, but not on silence per se. And in fact, most of the findings on the power of silence were made by mistake. 
that's what I was able to find out. But the same article I read about Finland, it did cite kind of one rare study in which Duke University regenerative biologist Imke Kirst found a relationship between neurogenesis and silence. So neurogenesis is neurobrain genesis, the creation of, so the creation of gray matter, the building up the brain. So the report said, quote, while studying adult mice, she found that two hours of silence per day prompted cell development in the hippocampus, the brain region related to the formation of memory and involving the senses. So I thought that was pretty amazing, but I have to say I wasn't completely surprised by it. So if you've, for example, ever spent a little time in nature or on a silent meditation retreat, you probably already know the healing and restorative power of silence. And for me personally, silence has taught me a lot about life, about relationships, about communication. I want to share a few of those lessons with you today. You may resonate with some of them or they may be new to you, but I believe they're universal lessons and they're worth coming back to again and again. So here are some lessons that taught me the power of silence. Chapter one, silence can transform you. So some of you may have heard the story I've told about a transformative trip I took to Colorado when I was in college. And it was a sort of pilgrimage, really. I drove across the country on my own from Vermont to Colorado. I'd always wanted to see the Rocky Mountains. And I felt this powerful compulsion to spend time alone in the Rockies. And at that time, I was really big into hiking and mountain biking. So I had my my mountain bike strapped to the back of my car. I'd read all these books about hiking and camping. And I just set off into the backcountry by myself and ended up spending long periods of time. I, w- I think I did this trip, I was seven days moving from campsite to campsite up in the mountains. And I encountered really for the first time in my life, real solitude. I was really completely alone. I was by myself. Often no one really knew where I was. I was 20, I didn't really know better. And the point being that in the solitude of the mountains, in the back country, when it was just me and it'd be late at night and the silence was just complete, it was too much for me. I'd never really experienced complete silence before. I'd never been in a situation where I felt the weight of solitude. And what I mean by that was that I was alone with myself. It was just me and me. There was nothing to distract me. And there was something about the quality of the silence up there in the mountains, removed from everything. It just pressed in on me. It weighed on me. And it exerted almost like a pressure on my being. I don't know how else to describe it. 
That was the case almost for the entire trip, and it freaked me out. It was so powerful, so strong. The pressure of the silence. It was almost, in retrospect, I can see that it was like I was being cooked. I was being something was ripening in that silence. And by the end of the trip, I had my first real spiritual experience. Something literally. Burst through my consciousness, a, a new awareness, a new awakening to the experience that life was immeasurably powerful. It was mysterious behind, well beyond my comprehension. I would, I knew down to the marrow of my bones that I would never understand life, but that it was good beyond comprehension. It was ecstatically, unthinkably good, and that. That goodness was also in me. It was the essence of me as a as a living being. That goodness just ran through me. It runs through all of us. But I I came to understand that. But it was the, really the the silence when I look back was one of the most powerful aspects of that whole experience because in that case the silence. It was almost alien to me. It was almost like a different being that was confronting me. Ultimately, it was just me being alone with myself, utterly alone. And I think that's incredibly important for any human being because when you're just there with yourself, you have to deal with things that otherwise you wouldn't deal with. You're not distracted. You can't turn your attention away from. The things that are either painful or unresolved, or the things in you that need to that you need to process. So that's what I think about from that time. That that silence catalyzed a powerful encounter with myself, and after that, I really became comfortable with myself. And not only that, I landed in myself. I found a certain level of confidence in myself. And it wasn't a confidence just in Morgan; it was a confidence in life. It was just a confidence that came from knowing, no matter what, everything is going to be okay. Life is going to go on, and that is why I'm here. And I, I want to do everything I can to be an expression of that positivity. But ultimately, that's the most important thing. Life is going to go on. Life is going to thrive. Life is going to find a way. And I'm going to do my damnedest to be a part of that and be as rich and full an expression of that goodness as I can be. And yeah, that's what I really came away from that experience with. So that's one lesson I learned from silence. So here's another one, chapter two. This is the secret power of not talking. And there's this quote I want to start with from Allison McGee. And she says, "You're most powerful when you are most silent. People never expect silence. They expect words, motion, defense, offense, back and forth. They expect to leap into the fray. They are ready, fists up, words hanging, leaping from their mouths. Silence." No, I love that quote. So when I was in college, at a certain point, I just stopped talking. 
So I was on a camping trip with friends and I had just this random strong urge to stop talking completely. And we were camping deep in the Pisgah National Forest of North Carolina and it was a tacit decision that I made. And although my friends were a little surprised, they accepted it. We were all in college and everyone's experimenting with themselves in different ways at that age, obviously. So for a day or two, I just ceased to speak altogether. And it was amazing because very soon after I quit talking, I started to feel an allergy to even the idea of speaking. Really, to, to my own surprise, I was relishing the freedom and independence I was discovering in being silent and abstaining from conversation. The longer I stayed quiet, the more I seemed to fall deeper into myself. The more I dwelt in silence, the more I realized that I didn't need to talk. I was communicating with my friends by just being, and some great pressure was released. I felt light as a feather and free from the compulsive and constant need to talk. Suddenly, silence was my ally. It was like existing, as I said before, in a different medium. And there was a sense of constant quiet within that I didn't want to disturb. And I'll never forget that experience of feeling like I didn't want to disturb the purity of the silence. I didn't want to mess it up with the whole messy entanglement of communication, which is often just a poor substitute for getting your real meaning across and all its nuance. And I was finding I could just communicate through being somehow, some way, not just through my physical gestures, but in my being, I was communicating everything I needed to communicate to my friends. And that blew my mind. Like, how is that possible? But it is. And my conviction now after spending 15 years in a spiritual ashram is I understand much better that silence conveys intention. Often when we go very quiet, it's very easy to broadcast or convey our primary intention, no matter what it is we're doing. You don't need words. Often words are very extraneous. And there's something in our being which communicates those things that are essential, especially when it just comes down to fundamental motivation and intention. And often words cover all that up anyways. They obscure it. That's often what a lot of our, our defenses and shape-shifting is all about. So silence just can sometimes help you settle into that, that most authentic self. And so I learned a lot of lessons from that one experience. First, I didn't need to speak to communicate. Second, being silent and not speaking was an act of profound independence. And third, I realized how much of what we say is unnecessary. And fourth, really simple, being silent puts you in touch with a deeper part of yourself.
So years later, when I lived in that meditation ashram, I learned about this practice called Mona, or uh, translates as deliberate silence. Our teacher would give us this practice of Mona sometimes. And some people would practice Mona and not speak for a whole year. And they would completely transform from the practice. You could see people change through the medium of the silence. You'd see their confidence grow. And you could see that they were more rooted, deeply rooted in themselves. And often there would just be this radiance that would come through them. Just a quiet confidence and an inner spark or an inner glow that would just shine through them. Again, there, there were no words necessary. These people were just flourishing in the silence. And you could feel that independence, that, that profound freedom from having to speak. So I didn't obviously know it at the time, but that experience in college, I had really tasted the transformative power of deliberate silence years before I even knew what Mona was when I decided to stop talking. If you've never tried to be silent deliberately for a set amount of time, I encourage you to try. You're going to learn a lot about yourself, trust me, it, but it is so worth it. Chapter 3. Gravity Accumulates in Silence so Here's another great quote from Albert Hubbard, who says, He who does not understand your silence will probably not understand your words. He who does not understand your silence will probably not understand your words. I think you probably understand that now from the story I just told you. But I've noticed that when I don't talk, there really is a different kind of communication that comes into play. It's at the level of being. And as the great Indian saint Ramana Maharshi said, silence is also communication. When you resist speaking, even when you have an opinion or something to say, often it gets communicated anyways without the need or nuance of words. I find it fascinating that this kind of deliberate silence often gives people gravity in their very being. Somehow, conscious silence focuses your attention in extraordinary ways. Your gestures become imbued with silence. You're connected to another mode of communication and a deep communion with life. Think about it. Sometimes when people have this gravity, I think of it as presence. When someone has real presence, they're just standing there in the sovereign dignity of their own being. And it communicates so much. And you don't have to say a word. You just feel the person's presence. It's imbued with so much. It tells its own story. And that story just radiates out. Chapter 4, Silence is All Around You.
So this is another great quote from Aldous Huxley. And he says, After silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. So have you ever tried to listen to everything all at once? Just let your attention range out uncensored in all directions? I mean, really pay close attention and be completely attentive. Because if you have, you've noticed that there's a soundscape all around us all the time. Because we habitually filter that soundscape, we don't tend to hear everything. But when you intentionally let go and listen with all of your attention, you'll notice your soundscape right away. And when you do, you'll also start to notice that amid all the sounds, there is silence. Between bleeding horns, toddler cries, fast footsteps, and growling bus engines, or searing ambulance sirens, you'll notice tiny windows of fleeting silence. Silence is the medium behind everything we hear. It's the canvas upon which our auditory world rises and falls. When you tune into it, you'll start to notice that silence is everywhere. And that's a beautiful thing. At any moment, you can commune with that quiet presence that cradles our world. All you need to do is train yourself to hear it through the simple act of paying attention. That, of course, is what meditation is all about. Chapter 5. Silence is a bridge between the inner and the outer. Here's a quote from Mother Teresa. In the silence of the heart, God speaks. If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. Then you will know that you are nothing. It is only when you realize your nothingness your emptiness, that God can fill you with himself or herself. Souls of prayer are souls of great silence. On long silent meditation retreats, everything calms down. Your mind, your body, your troubles, all your concerns. And over time, through dedicated practice, everything resolves into silence as you let go more and more. The silence I experience on these retreats is restorative and nourishing. It erases the distance between me and myself and between the world and me. And what exactly does that mean? 
When you're really deep in silence, you recognize that there is an indestructible core of silence in the center of yourself. It's in the center of each of us. It's exquisite to experience that silence. But that's not all of it. You realize that silence is not merely an inner experience. On the contrary, silence seems to permeate all of life. I sense, perceive, and experience that silence in the very atoms of the world around me. Communing with life is communing with that silence. It's one thing. There is silence and it fills you to overflowing. Better than any of the finest wines or delicate desserts, it quenches all your desires. And that never fails to be true. When I am in the depths of meditation, especially on a longer retreat, there's nothing more that I want than to go deeper and deeper into that silence. Here's another quote from Mother Teresa. We need to find God. And he cannot be found in noise and restlessness. God is the friend of silence. See how nature, trees, flowers, grass, grows in silence. See the stars, the moon and the sun, how they move in silence. We need silence to be able to touch souls. So I think now, in our time, in our day, in our modern age, it's important to pursue silence. Make it your preoccupation for a little while. Silence isn't woo-woo or ineffable. Yes, it's invisible, but it's tangible and present to each one of us all of the time. So put your attention on silence, whether you're meditating, taking a walk, folding laundry, it doesn't matter. Silence changes us. That's the basic message I want to leave you with. If you start to put your attention on it, it will change you. That's truer than I can say, and it's probably truer than we know. So thanks for joining me for today's podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, I encourage you to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Let me know how you like the show. Recommend someone for me to interview. Let us know if there's any other topics you want us to cover. I read every one of your reviews, and I'm grateful that you took the time to listen. Also, this show is sponsored by our Meditation for Life free guided meditations. You can check those out at our website at aboutmeditation.com.